Open Nesters podcast is a weekly podcast that explores new ways of living as our kids leave the nest. Now in season three, the podcast topics go deeper and wider in interviews with individuals, couples, and experts in areas ranging from relationships and families to adventure, spirituality, and sexuality. Tessa, when you came up with the idea to produce a limited edition series within the Open Nestor podcast of friendships, I was kind of like, what? What are you talking about? But then here we are at the end of this uh, incredible seven-episode series, and now we're about to summarize that limited series, and you came up with an incredible idea also to really start with the quote from uh, Michelle Obama's book. The book was actually given to me by probably my newest friend, Shirley, and it's a beautiful book that if you haven't heard about, it's after she did Becoming, she did something called The Light We Carry, Overcoming in Uncertain Times. And one of the things I highlighted before I even realized this is what's on the back of the book is something that Michelle says she's learned. And I quote, I've learned it's okay to recognize that self-worth comes wrapped in vulnerability and that what we share as humans on this earth is the impulse to strive for better always and no matter what. We become bolder in brightness. If you know your light, you know yourself. You know that your story is an honest way. In my experience, this type of self-knowledge builds confidence, which in turn breeds calmness and an ability to maintain perspective, which leads finally to being able to connect meaningfully with others. And this to me is the bedrock of all things. One light feeds another. One strong family lends strength to more. One engaged community can ignite those around it. This is the power of the light we carry. And how do you see that profound uh, statement by Michelle Obama fits with the friendship series? Uh, in the same way, in the very same way that one of my mentors, Esther Perel, says that the value of our life is determined by the value of our relationships. So first she talks about the relationship with yourself and her book talks about self-worth and overcoming fears in ways that was so powerful and beautiful about the curiosity of finding your own light and challenging yourself because of that. And then it's a curiosity in finding another light. And for me, that's what friendship is about. So the, I just was so blown away by the fact that in the middle of this book was a whole chapter on friendship that I'd been working on. I just read it. And then I'm blown away by the Wall Street Journal just did an article that just came out also about friendship. And they did a midlife guide to friendship last year. And we know, especially after the pandemic, Friendship and relationships and finding meaning in the people we love is everything. It's not only everything. It is the core of our existence. Because we can, without friendship, I believe that really there's no life. We are not designed to be alone. And I'm not talking about just having a family around. I'm talking about having friendship, having that title of a person that you confide with, that's loyal to you, that you can talk to, that respond to you. I mean, I think in one of the episodes, I gave the analogy of the dog being the best friend to the humans, yeah. simply because they are uh, people that the animals that are loyal, 
always ready to listen. They don't jump and respond unnecessarily in the middle. They try to cheer you up by uh, being friends to you and really similar to that. So we are not really, and a lot of people find comfort with animals, find the animals to become their best friend for those reasons, because it's, it's a, such a close uh, uh, relationship with an animal that you have with humans. Uh, it, I, and for some people, that's exactly what they need and feel. And so I don't, I don't ever say a dog is not a person's best friend, but I love the languages of, of real deep connection. And that does come from being with another human. And it's almost like, so Glennon Doyle on her podcast with Reese Witherspoon, if you want to look at that, that's a great podcast of We Can Do Hard Things. She calls friendship a charging station. And, and you know, that idea that, that we also want that person to help us with the languages I've been developing, as you know, playing with us, being um, in generosity with showing up with the way they feel and see us, creative collaboration and inspiration. I mean, we need that heart and brain. So, of course, a beautiful animal witnessing is is a thing that gives us the support and comfort to just feel, God, feel safe. Safety is big with friends. But thinking about the episode that we just ran in the past two months, I tell you, I mean, they were all different. And all, you want to go through them, what we have, uh, which episode we have? I'm going mean, to let you read them because I, oh, you know, okay, let's talk well, about them as we go. Well, uh, episode that aired in January was the uh, Don't Postpone Joy with uh, Joyce Saltman, which for me was the most meaningful, the most meaningful uh, episode of all of them, believe it or not. And then the next one we had was the... Uh, the friendship series on a spiritual and soulful connection where you spoke to two of your friends, Esther and Linnea. That was beautiful. And that a brand new friend, Sarah, as well. Sarah. <laughs> yeah, so I almost forgot about her. And then the friendship series continued when, uh, when we knew each other, when, when you talked to your really best, best friends, uh, Shira and Denise. And continuously, we did the mutual admiration and bond with uh, Sherry Lead and... That, that was, was bringing in a, an expert, like someone who's really, you know, works in this yeah, friendship the, the arena author. and had gave us some really wonderful perspective. Um, and the other ones, I I tried to stay away from it being too personal. So it was a, the, just to go back, don't postpone Joy, even though Joyce is a mentor to me, she really did get into the heart of it. And I hope you listen if you haven't, of, of how we feel joy and what we have to do and take actions and routines for friends and then our spiritual, soulful connections, just how much if we're open in our hearts and our spirit by really having done the work ourselves, we connect with people. And sometimes it's just for the moment. So sometimes we, I can, I can call those people soul sisters or, or spirits. Um, you know, there are so many n- names and words out there that sometimes are overused. I mean, I'd rather call myself a kind of a relationship and friendship geek and not an expert, actually. But I do feel like I love learning about this topic because it's this idea that it, in true friendships, we really know that the deeper, smaller circle of the closest friends we depend on that see us in our most unflattering and messy selves and, and yet they know us and accept us. Those are the different ways of a word called friendship. Those are so deep and so intimate, right? Yeah. We, and- right. And that is what leads us to the episode that we aired in February uh, earlier this month. Uh, the uh, the pride and community in black and brown hair spaces, which where you really needed that intimate moment with your friends, 
and how you cultivate them in those salons, which was a very good episode and very different perspective. So eye-opening, and it was safety. It came from the idea that people that, yeah. that that a lot of the women and men that discuss that idea of coming to a salon and having to feel safe in a place where they give over their hair and then finding friendships there. It was really a sweet yeah. and different kind of episode. Quite a bit of pearls to be found in that particular episode. And we closed with uh, one of your personal male friends, a platonic friend of Jonathan, which is was also a real eye-opening real inspiring to really see how a platonic relationship between a man and a woman can evolve in so many benefits and so many things. It's reminded me, uh, Jonathan actually reminded me about the fact that where he did not close the door, there was no, I guess, uh, erotic or intimate interest on your part, or both of you, I'm not sure exactly, but on the other hand, he left the door open, you left the door open, and you developed such a beautiful relationship uh it reminded me of uh, adam grant book uh think again uh, which he talks about really that the success and the rewards come to those who think again and think again and without closing the door they evaluate the situation or potential friend again and again and finally really realizing wow i i shouldn't have closed the door on this one and so good i didn't and that's exactly what you've done with uh, Jonathan, or he did, did with you, whatever, uh, really following Adam Grant's philosophy of think again. Well, and I've found since then creative magic, I would call it, with Jonathan. That's one of the languages that I'm doing these five love lang- five languages of friendship I'm developing, just to repeat them. They're play and generosity, inspiration, and then this idea of creative magic, kind of how we create that mutual and, and value alignment. Those are the five. So he has that play and creative magic with me that let me think further and broader about the ideas I'm working on. And and so just that we play off each other very well. Those two kind of go together. But be- yeah. it was because we just let it happen. And I think that's what's hard to, when we label friendship too much about this kind of friend, sometimes we said we can have a huge amount of friends. Maybe those are just connections, I like to call them. And and other other people are going to be our soul sisters or soul brothers. Right. The, the, all of those episodes that we have aired in the limited edition friendship series on the Open Nesters are all different. They all relate to different type of friendships. And we're talking about deep friendships. We're not talking about uh, just an acquaintance or a colleague or a companion we're not talking about a dog. We're talking about really deep spiritual connection with people. We're talking about the inner circle, as uh, Jessica Fern, which going to come up in the next episode, talked about the inner circle, the brotherhood, the sisterhood, the one that you bonded together that you can trust and you can. I can always see it like walking together, you know, like in a in a movie, slow motion. You know, I have that sisterhood walk or this brotherhood walk. Uh, more of a sisterhood book, yeah, but you know what I'm saying. But all of those. Uh, <laughs> You're very funny. I mean, I, I think, first of all, getting away like Jessica did teach us about gender, I tend to call it sisterhood. I know you call it, you say to bro, bro. It's kind of a, a used term. I did not that say we, bro. I said you brotherhood. Said brother. You did brotherhood. I said brotherhood. But let's talk about that. Let's talk about family because I think we grow up sometimes with, you know, the people who know us really the best because they get to witness us from the time we're either born or they're born and our siblings. And then sometimes they become close friends and sometimes they don't. 
but they're still family because we're, we're the kind of people that stay committed to family. And yet some of them, are, I'm not very yeah. close with my sister. She's my, one of my best friends. I, I don't know statistics of how many siblings are really stayed good friends and for a long time. Are they just interested in their each other life or talk to each other when the parents or somebody else is in trouble, medical emergency? Or is it uh, an ongoing weekly, daily communication in uh, being each in, in each other life? I do not know what the statistics say about family, sibling uh, relationship. I mean, uh, no, nobody ever done the statistic or maybe it's out there. But I know that I'm very close. I have two brothers and I'm very close to one of them to the point where we're friends. And the other one is a business partner. I do not get involved in his life, nor he let me in in his life. But the other one I'm very close to. We talk about, we work together, we spend time together, we go out together. It's different. So <coughs> there is different type of friendship evolved with sisters and brothers, and you're also close to your brothers, too. Well, it, re it requires an investment, and I, again, I wanted to say you're also close to your sister. We don't see Correct. our, I'd say you don't see your sister as much, I don't see my brothers as much, but I do feel like with my sister, we invest. We invest because for you, you see each other at work. I and my sister and I have to set up the time, that weekly time that I actually do with my two best friends that are in different places. So that weekly time about what's really going on in your life is what keeps you close. And that's an investment. And sometimes it takes clearing your schedule to, for pe people that love and accept you without judgment and see your light, see your light, like, like Michelle says, then you want to invest. Every, every friendship requires. Uh, an investment. And I can tell you this. Recently, I've uh, connected with another man um, that I really like, and he likes me, and we're trying to get together. And we started, to, and I knew him for many, many years, and I've decided that we together, we've decided that we're going to meet every Friday morning. And we start doing that. And sometimes I wake up in the morning and say, oh, I really don't want to get out of bed right now. It's for 7 o'clock meeting with, with a friend. But then again, that is the investment that's required. It's investment of time, investment of resources, and the will to really continue to cultivate a relationship and make somebody a friend that you can turn around and say, you know what? We're buddies. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the male friendship perspective. I was about to and, and ask you deeper. Why do you need and what kind of friendships are you looking for? Personally, I'm looking for somebody to share ideas, to share some of them business ideas, to bounce decisions that I have made uh, economically in my business. Sometimes it's just to share my adventures uh, of what I've done and to hear somebody feedback, to tell me what's going on. And somebody to stroke me or, or criticize me if need to be without me having to worry about that it's, it's good or bad or no judgment is, is being s said. Uh, I need that feedback. And I have not valued that as much uh, as, as in recent years. And, you know, today I know that I'm seeking those male friendship. I'm looking to cultivate a whole bunch if I can. And I'm willing and understanding the value of the investment to create those friendships. So I am in a position where I'm making myself available time-wise to cultivate relationship with men because I see a lot of values. I think uh, some time ago I read this, uh, uh, 
I guess it's an article by a woman that was uh, a nurse in a hospice establishment, and she talked to men uh, right in their last few days and hours, and most of them said that number one regrets that they have is that they did not have enough friends. They did not invest enough in friendship. And this is, I don't want to end up like that. I want to be able to know that there's friends that, uh, that see me. Yes, being seen is probably the most, one of the essential things as a human being, because that's how your light is seen. And then you can connect with that playful side. And so I, the idea that this, that you talked about the ideas and business and adventure is great, but I wanted to specifically hone in on examples of how that works. And then uh, here's a great example because our webmaster, and we call him Merlin because he does our website and our blogs and does it such a professional, beautiful way with, with a loving spirit and friendship. And he, I asked him about friendship. So here's what he had to say on the subject of his radio and passion that doesn't have an agenda. Hi, my name is PJ, and I'd like to report the influence of a new hobby and friendship here for the Open Nesters. I have, over the last few years, been pursuing a radio career, really just for fun, for the joy of it, and it has led me to all kinds of new friendships. I'm in my later 50s, and it's something that I've never done before, this radio thing, radio show, and suddenly I find myself building new relationships through my hobby. And the relationships are meaningful, they're important, they're very deep. We connect on the topic of music, and suddenly I find myself with new friends. It's really amazing. It's been a joy for me. Frankly, it's turned into a major force in my enjoyment, my growth as a person, my development of friendships. And it also leads me to other wonderful things that I can pursue because of these new friendships. Seeing a jazz musician interacting with folks in a cafe, helping people's careers, setting up recording sessions, all kinds of secondary benefits from this one relatively new hobby for me. So I've turned a hobby and the love of music into the love of new friends and the joy of collaboration. And it's all happened really within the last two years, really just sort of pandemic-y times all the way to now 2023. I guess the only thing I would say in terms of is there anything that one can learn from this thing that PJ has done over the last few years? And that would be, if you have an idea, do it. Don't hold yourself back. Don't think about it 50 times and then hem and haw and then someday I'm going to. This is act three, man. We got to get going. We got to make our love, our hobbies, make our joys happen right now. This is the time to pursue stuff. And I think my little example of being on the radio with my Lester the Nightfly show, the friendships that I've built over that relatively short period of time again, is really a good example of that. Such great insights from PJ. I've been wanting to get him on this podcast the last three years. And the idea that we really can feel, and I, I don't believe it's a thinking thing. I think it's a gut thing that when we hear someone on the phone, whether it's their language, the way they resonate, their vibration, if you see them in person, the way they come toward you with such gladness. I almost, that's what Michelle talks about, gladness. And so, you know, it's, it's a feeling in your body. And I also feel like when a, you find a new friendship or someone to play with, you almost have butterflies the same as you do for a romance. What do you think, Amir? 
Carl Honoré, when we uh, played a clip of his in, this, in, in, the, in the intro, talked about male friendship as being uh, activity-based, where you really want to do something with, with men. And his, uh, I think he was talking about the bocce game or hockey. I'm not sure exactly what they were doing. But the activity have turned into being a, a little bit more than that, It was grown to everybody start being a little bit more vulnerable, a little bit more open, and the friendship that usually stem from activity has really evolved into a beautiful friendship among males that are not activity based. So I think that some activities for me may start as a male uh, friendship in, during an activity, and that's the radio. And then it become, "Wow, I like this man. I want to spend some other time with him, regardless of our play." And this is where the activity evolve into a bigger, deeper emotional friendship, where you start loving the people that you're around. I love that. I love that you're expressing it that way. And I want to see for you, which is what I would hope for other men, like women can count on each other. That you will have the guys that you can count on. I mean, I know your brother's always there if you needed him. I do. Correct. But I'm talking about your vulnerable moments that emotionally you don't, men don't like to talk about when they're going through. And do you feel you're going closer to that in any of these friendships you want to develop? Because I know it isn't something you've had as much of. Most men depend on their wives for that. Or they're a girl, women, or whatever. I do. I do. I have great friends from my elementary school that I'm still in touch with now, 50 years and counting. So I, I, I keep in touch, and we talk occasionally, but not like you do with your friends on a weekly basis. I do that when, when time arrives or when I travel, whatever that is. So I do value those relationships, and I want to, I Do guess, you want to deepen them? Absolutely, 100%. And it's, again, it will take my effort because I don't know that they really know the difference. I don't know that they really value. Uh, maybe they... get the deeper connection and friendship with other friends rather than I am. So I don't know exactly how it is. But I know this. I know that I want to build more male friendships, not for the sake of having numbers. I want some quality friends. It could be a handful, four or five, that whether we have mutual interest or it's just pure uh, love to hang around together and share Uh, share you know a beer and talk not that I drink beer but <laughs> but just talk and you know be able to uh, hey look this is what happened to me what do you think this is what happened to me what do you think that type of thing so I do want I don't think that the male friendship is similar to women friendship because I am not going to go into a guy and says oh my god your hair looks fantastic today why <laughs> because it's not me and it's not him and it's look like I'm crazy but you know I have so many friends but you, can, but you give him a hug you. yeah I can give him a hug but you know women says, oh my god this dress looks so stunning on <laughs> you I'm not going to say to somebody oh my <laughs> god this jacket looks so good on you and those pants I think you should but that's my my opinion okay, okay. So. well maybe maybe I will and maybe I won't but regardless <laughs> but that's only that, a superficial thing I think the seeing the light I want to come back to that that's why I started with it is this spark and it's interesting Reese Witherspoon on the podcast I just re-listened to that she talks to Glennon Doyle about friendship talks about three things that she taught her kids about one is what is that person adding a spark so that's the kind of friends we look for some people are just neutral and maybe they're the ones that are whatever colleagues for something for limited something not a huge spark 
And then there are the energy, energy drainers that we need to stay away from. So certainly we're not trying to increase our friendships to things that there are numbers. It's about no, it's that not the quantity, feeling. For sure. It's about that amazing feeling that you start out feeling it's enhancing your light because you've been in your light. I'm going to come back 100%. for another second because I read you that section about Ron in Hey Buddy that he says to himself every morning, right? Are you talking about the Michelle Obama Michelle book? Michelle Obama book. She talks about... Yeah. He talks about uh, uh, a very famous <laughs> mayor, mayor of a of city, a Ron. City. Yeah. <laughs> Ron, his name. And she did not uh, reveal his last name, but you know... For those of you out there, we don't know exactly who he is, but maybe you do. But we know that he's Ron, and he's, he's mayor, major, of, major of a major, ma- city. major city. So it was obviously given permission to use. And okay. he, but let's not say his last name. Right. Let's, let's let's continue the the, I guess the anonymities <laughs> that she tried to create. But he's standing in front of the mirror in the morning, and this was revealed by his wife that he looks at the mirror and says, "Hey, buddy." Like, hey, I just saw you for the first time. How are you doing? And that's lead to what you were talking about, of being uh, befriending yourself. Right. And and I looked at you and said, what are you talking about, befriending yourself? And then as you start explaining to me, I said, ah, you're talking about self-love. Is that correct? Self-love is a big topic, especially in the whole Open Esther's podcast, I would say. So when I got to this idea of befriending, I looked at it as a softer way to like ourselves because, yes, we need to love ourselves, but sometimes we don't always like ourselves. And I almost feel like that's the kind of thing that you have, that we have to work on. Um, that is that, hey, buddy is not deep love. It's almost like, okay, you're still my friend, even though you messed up. So, right. You know what right. I mean? I'm not judging you. I still love you the way you are. You are a gem. Hey, buddy, how you doing? And and I want to talk about something else, not only about self-love. I, I'm jump, maybe I'm jumping here or here and there. But the friendship that we need in the open nesting stage, it's so important and so valuable as we grow older, as our kids leave the house, and we left with our spouse, whether we live together or apart, whether we travel together or apart, whatever it is that we do, even if our spouse, like in our case, we're very close friends in addition to uh, be married to each other, we do need to cultivate and maintain those friendship with others because that's what it's about. It's it, Life is now uh, allowing you to bring into your life other people because you're not more anymore kids-focused, college-focused. You now need that friendship. You need to that intimate moments with, with a male or a female type of a friend that will understand, that would listen, that would love you without judgment. So we need that. And as you get older, that will go through loss with you because that's a very inevitable part of of death and loss, of of, sorry, of illness and loss. And maybe, maybe, maybe you're in trouble or he or he or she in trouble and you want to give a handing in. They need you and you need them more than ever in that open nesting stage. And this is maybe, could be, and I'm not trying to be fatalic or, or doomsday, but maybe that's your last opportunity to really cultivate friends. If not now, when? That's so. why the Wall Street Journal had a midlife guide to midlife friendship. And I'm working on these languages because how we actually bring in friends by knowing ourselves is the, is the key to knowing how we can connect. And it does take overcoming fear. And Michelle talks about that in her book, which I loved so much as well. This idea that we, we need to do it for so many reasons. And 
if we oh, if we just step out of our comfort zone to say this is an area that I want to grow in and I love to do it with someone else it it opens up a world it opens up a new world a Correct. door for us Correct. so men don't do it quite as well if they're busy and stressed and so I want to talk about the stress factor too but but, it's, is, I, but before you say stress I think it's more giving it a priority it is it is oh I'm stressed I, I'm the breadwinner I need to work I need to do I need to be no time to have friends. No time to social life. Okay? No, no I, I'm not going to a happy hour. Friendship is reported to be the main item for healthy living, like we talked about at the beginning. And really, there's a survey, and this is in uh, Michelle's book too. According to a 2021 survey, one-third of American adults report they have fewer than three close friends, and 12% say they have none at all. And, I mean, the pandemic made it worse, but the yeah. sadness of that to me was was a, was was what we're trying to address friendship in such a deep way about because knowing how to value it and going toward it that gives energy to it and anything where you put your energy that's where your your attention will go there and energy will flow there and so opening this door of friendship is so important we said we would talk about our friendship too a little bit on this particular segment because we're connected through what I would call the place the the play and the collaborative and the inspiring we come up with ways, you know, we realign each other's values. We All of the five languages that I think we've discussed in the first episode, especially um, really the idea that we we provide areas of that for each other. And so that's why I think our friendship has stayed these 33 years by giving each other space to grow while knowing we have to nurture that friendship while like we do with the times that we play down here in the studio or listen to music and I dance, the things that connect us. Or the right. drives that we take. Right. Like remembering the things in our friendship that's not just about our partnership, which of course it affects our partnership, but really going toward that, um, how we have to get in the hot tub and do a strategy session because that's when we inspire each other the most. Right. Um, having the harder conversations, which I know you're, we're, we're both working on, and the turning toward from the heart theory, like turning toward right. each other and noticing either a bid for behavior. There's a lot of stuff from the Gottman Institute about a bit, a bit for attention. And these are the things that strong partnerships need or strong first close friendships. So well, it's the you, same, you, means, you have same defi- means. You have defined the languages that connect friends as a whole. And I happen to agree with you. We are connecting on all the four or five languages that you have created uh, for friendship, specifically play and inspiration. Uh, because we do inspire each other. We do feed from each other ideas. And we do, uh, you, you take it uh, to stage three, and I take it to four, and you take it to five, and so on. So this whole idea of uh, the Open Nester podcast, we came out with it uh, back uh, over two years ago, and you have developed it to become a very popular podcast. I give you credit for that, for leading it, for pushing it, for, fi- for finding the, the, the people to interview for, and then the, the friendship series. This is, I, this I so is, this value this. Yeah, the support that you give me for that too. Because that is the thing about collaboration. It's hard to do those things alone. And I love that we can support one another. So I actually want to talk about that as it's, well. It's like all the crazy the su- businesses we did, well, I meant to talk about that. But, but it's, not, it's not just the support, uh, Tessa. It is more than that. It is the empowerment that we give each other by doing that. There's one thing to support, but then another another thing to to empower you or you empower me to to go for forward and to continue and uh, give you total endorsement yes 
go for it, do it, and then you take the risk. It's all about taking the risk and, and doing it. So taking the risk, we thrive both on risk-taking and that also, uh, I guess, a language because we, we broadcast on that frequency of taking risk. So when we have risk, we kind of like thrive. We, oh, wow, risk. And I'm not talking about holding hands and doing skydive. That I will not do. But I'm talking about emotional risk, financial risk. These are the type of things that uh, I've come up with. And, you know, some of my ideas in the past for our businesses were not that great. But you forgive them, right? That's well, part of our it, friendship. Well, we're going to talk about forgiveness. But I want to say the, the how about just the idea that we'll put ourse- expose ourselves publicly by trying new things, like you said, like a public risk. Because Correct. we tried all kinds of crazy entrepreneur ideas of yours. And we... We did it with a lot of joy, even if it was hard at the end. So I've got to say it was a play for us. For me, that was the play language. You, you remember we were in Costa Rica and we saw this bulletin board, the best bakery in the world voted by our mothers. Yeah. And, and I think that <laughs> we were the biggest fan of our own ideas. We were. We, <laughs> we still were. are. We, we still are. We still are. Right. And, and our kids get enrolled sometimes. Sometimes they're like, okay, that's another crazy idea of mom and dad. But I do want to say that in the hot tub where we've borne a lot of our crazy ideas that we were so lucky to build years ago and keep paying for in our, in our credit line, but decided it was a good investment in the winter, I will tell you that more crazy ideas, including our son's musical group, his first musical group, came from that just discussion of that kind in the hot tub or creative brewing in this family. And it's definitely something that we model because that's who we are. So that's our friendship. Right, right. <laughs> and I, and yeah. some were good ideas, some were bad idea. But uh, when it was a bad idea, you forgive me. Yeah. So the forgiveness thing is another part of friendship, if it, and especially a partnership. I mean, partnership is huge, but forgiveness with your friends, I think, is so essential because we're all going to mess up. And if, if you have a generous heart, which is why I use the generosity language, that's and what you I let thought. That's called generosity. Towards forgiving, like forgiveness is huge. I almost think it's a it's a it's one of the foundations of our relationship and our friendship, and it certainly is with many of my friends. Forgiveness is stems from generosity. It does. Uh, it is tolerance. It's being tolerant, and you know I'm not talking about forever and ever, but for specific cases, one should be tolerant. A friend should not be uh, on the other side and continuously to be tolerant, tolerant and continuously to be forgiveness. It does not mean that. It means that there are cases where one friend has to be tolerant, forgiveness, and use his generosity to move on. Actually, or maybe it was Glennon, no, it was Reese in this interview, talked about deposits and withdrawals. If your deposits are way too much in that friendship, then and, and you know you can't see it reciprocal. It's got to have some kind of balance back eventually, even if it's not right at the time. But when you forgive in the moment, you give somebody space. You let them, you let them breathe. You let them try to grow into having that need to 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 whatever they have to work they need to do. You forgive because that's their way to grow, and you want people to forgive you, you too. So we. We do that with reciprocity in a friendship. So I want to I want to segue into the end where we actually have an interview coming up next week as we finish and wind down this series. We have one of my favorite authors that I want to really talk about, and this whole friendship series has really been about platonic friendship. But we are a polyamorous couple, and 
if you don't want to listen to this, you don't have to. But the person that's going to be our next uh, author and expert and amazing interview is Jessica Fern, who wrote a book called Poly Secure. And when I asked her about friendship, here's what she had to say. Totally. I know. I mean, even myself, I use many different words. Like I might say, oh, that's my my bestie or my best friend, or, or that's one of my inner circle people. That's, you know, sometimes we say things like, oh, that's one of my sisters, even though they're not a biological sister. There's sisterhood there, right? A lot of that language, though, can carry gender and, you know, so there can be challenges with it, right? Um, one of my people, I mean, I hear people say that as well. So I think just with those people in your life, have fun creating whatever you want it to be. Often those people don't get the same acknowledgement from the rest of the people in our life or our communities, right? Or society that like a friend dying can be one of the most devastating losses we have, you know, and it doesn't get that same sense of awareness or sympathy, right? Yeah. And what I see too is often our friendships are outliving most of our relationships, romantic ones. <laughs> That's like That was Jessica. She'll be on next week. And she refers to this uh, these ideas of how our partnerships become richer. And she talks about friendships, but she also talks about from next week, multiple partners. With any partnership you're showing up fully in. So it's not really just for Polly. It talks about it comes from the the idea of, of uh, attachment theory and how securely attached you are. And she expands upon that to show how we the way we get to be more securely attached eventually. And she uses these acronyms that we, you and I looked and, at. And it's tied directly into friendships. And it ties, and that's why I said in the introductory, I use the HEART acronym, and I'm going to go through it, and then, and then Amir and I are going to dissect just a bit for ourselves. As you'll know, this is what she's going to talk about next time. But HEART's. And she talks about hearts being when you show up here, you're present. E, you're doing, you're expressing delight. A, you're attuned to each other. Mm -hmm. R, you develop routines and rituals. T, you turn toward each other, turning in conflict almost toward each other, which we discussed earlier. And S is you do that all for yourself, for your own secure attachment by working all those areas on how you work up to show in your life. There are certainly can, can apply to friendship and they definitely apply to polyamorous lifestyle in relationship but you know we are i think we are we are expressing delight in each other work in each other activities in each other friends and sometimes you tell me how cute i am sometimes you forget but that's okay i certainly need to do more of that because you are very very cute but mm -hmm. let's let's go through this so, so here how is the here which is the age of the hearts uh, translate well, we talked about sometimes we created these Wow Wednesdays that I, well, I created this Wow Wednesday for us to take a break and get rid of phones and really be present for each other. Sometimes it's 10 minutes a day, as the Gottman Institute says, that says, make sure you are not distracted by anything else and you are fully present here. And I do that with my friends. We don't have phones on. And I right. think it's like one of the es essential components because that stupid rectangular thing has interrupted with so many relationships and, do we and meeting new people and lines and everything right. else that I love the phone for good reasons, but I hate it for the taking away and distracting each other. Right. And how do we express delight to each other? Uh, that's in just recognizing each other, how I using my nice words that say things that really make you feel good about yourself when I notice them by taking that time to express the delight in what you do for me and being grateful. And attunement, I would say that it's more uh, tuning into each other needs even when we're not together. Am I correct? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And together with a vibration and not together, I'd say both. And then, and then you have rituals and routines, which we do count on our hot tub on the weekend. And that's like a big ritual for us, that downtime. Correct. And, and our music time. Those are our routines and rituals. And I would say with your friendships, if you know that you're going to have a, a, a running date, a coffee date, a walking date, like those are the things that you want to count on because that's what keeps you excited about the investment of the friendship being fun or going to a great breakfast out with your Correct. new friend. Then you can be, even if it, you're tired, you get up and do it. That's a ritual. Correct. And the turning toward is because all friendships and all relationships have conflict. And turning toward is knowing that, you know what? I know I don't have to run away from this. I can get through it with kindness and love. So you're turning toward that friend or partner. And, and so the S, S is really about doing that for yourself, all of the above. And that's what creates more secure attachment. But we're going to talk to uh, Jessica, as I said, next week. And, and you'll love this interview. So don't miss it. Get on for next week. So the idea that we're really expanding next week again and expanding your idea is that polyamory is just that. I said in my introductory episode, or maybe on, someone interviewed me about friendship recently and about polyamory. And I, you know, whether it's friends or whether it's my kids or whether it's lovers, we do have an infinite capacity for love. And so that's really what I want to leave you with in this episode. And, and uh, just something about Jessica, uh, when, uh, when we read her, when I read her book, it really has to do with attachment. And the attachment is not necessarily just being securely attached is not just in a polyamorous uh, relationship. It is really being securely attached to whoever relationship that you have. So there'll be a lot of nuggets there for people that are not in poly relationship. So I highly recommend you joining us next week on the Open Nesta podcast and let us know that you are going to be tuned in by going to our website, theopennesters.com, double in in the middle, and S at the end, and give us a, leave us a comment. Let us know what you think, what else you want to hear about, and we would love to respond to you. Right, Tessa? Right. If you go to the community section of, the, of our website when you're there, I really hope you will subscribe to the newsletter because you're getting drafts of my ebook as I write it about the five languages of friendship. So they are right now in our e-letter. If you'll subscribe, you'll be getting them. I'm putting all the languages out there and I'm excited about it and on Facebook we're getting more comments and community building and on Instagram so please do join us at the Open Nesters and all those different social media and thank you thank you for listening and making us a real meaningful and successful podcast on, next, on some level on thank some, you for being a friend yeah, thank you for being <laughs> a friend until next time this is Amir and this is Tessa and we will see you on the next episode ciao you have been listening to the open nesters podcast a production of kiwi publishing and media executive producer tessa crone music by yoni avi patat audio engineering by lucid sound web design and blogs pj ewing this podcast is available on all podcast platforms. To learn more about each episode and guest, please visit us at theopennesters.com. For questions or to be a guest on our podcast, email tessa at theopennesters.com.